Hey everyone, it's James, Notorious Banker, inviting you to join me on TikTok. That's at Notorious Banker on TikTok, where nearly 16,000 people have followed me so far. Now, I've got to be honest with you, as a nearly 39-year-old person, I'm still trying to figure out TikTok, learning all the different filters, learning how to edit, learning how to be funny and informative in a short amount of time, and thankfully, I have family members to help me with that. Uh, but one of the things I do on TikTok is the same thing that I do on Twitter. I talk about big banks. I talk about how to avoid the perils of bad customer service at big banks, all the while telling you stories about my nearly 15 years in the banking industry and also giving you little fun facts and information about the banking industry as a whole. It's something, in my personal opinion, that is unique to TikTok. You know, it's not just about dance moves and pretty girls. Uh, we're talking about banks and we're having an interesting discussion with younger folks about their perspective on big banks. So I implore you to go to at Notorious Banker on TikTok and join the nearly 16,000 people who have already seen what the Notorious Banker is capable of on social media. Hello everyone, this is James Baca, also known as the Notorious Banker, and welcome to my podcast. 27,000 plus followers on social media. We got 20,000 on TikTok at Notorious Banker. 3,200 plus at Bank Better Guy on Twitter and about 4,000 plus on Instagram at Notorious Banker. Of course, I am also the author of the book High Risk Transaction, the Ryan Coogler Bank of America incident, where we discuss the Ryan Coogler bank robbery, quote unquote, incident in Atlanta, Georgia, where the famed Black Panther director was arrested for allegedly trying to rob the bank when he was just trying to get money out. That is available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback format. And you can go to www.cooglerbofabook.com for more information about that book. Guys, thank you so very much for your love and support. I really do appreciate it. Sorry about the 50-second intro there. Um, you know, I, I always want to reintroduce myself to people who may only hear my podcast one time or may hear it all the time. Because I want you to understand one thing. James Baca, also known as the Notorious Banker, is a self-made person. James Baca, from out of nowhere, worked in the banking industry for 13 years. I read every policy and procedure book there was, all the online sites within Bank of America, to understand how banks really do work. Then the customer service aspect of it showed me um, which departments care and which departments don't care. I was one of the departments that did care. I enjoyed helping my customers. But I noticed along the, uh, along the 13 years of working at Bank of America that there were just some departments that just didn't want to help people. And ironically enough, one of the departments that just doesn't want to help people is the fraud department. So a lot of the Notorious Banker podcast comes from my experiences helping people with fraudulent um, issues, fraudulent situations that happen um, with big banks and their own personal accounts. Now, I hate accusing big banks of saying, hey, they know that this fraud is happening and they do nothing about it. I, I don't want to be the person to say that, but the fact of the matter is it's true. We all know that fraud goes on. We see these news stories locally and nationally every single day, and they continue to happen, and it's really, really frustrating. Um, when I got fired from Bank of America in 2018, I've told you guys the story a million times, I was frustrated. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, but the one thing that I wanted to do was help people. And, you know, searching Twitter, searching social media just for Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Seeing the, the stories that people tell about how they're not being helped by these banks and all these stories mimic interactions that I had personally inside the bank branch, I'm like, holy cow, there's millions of people who do not get helped, probably losing billions of dollars a year. 
and understanding the the way to get things done to escalate situations in a bank that's where i come in so the notorious banker created his little profile in 2018 and since i created my profile i have recovered almost three million dollars for um, people who have asked for my help on social media who have told me their issues with wells fargo with bank of america and other banks told me how they're not being helped and told me how i can help them I don't do anything unethical. I don't do anything immoral. What I do is I give people strategy on how to effectively talk to bankers. Because the one thing that bankers um, tell each other, you know, whenever you're doing training and whatnot, is to listen for clues and listen to what the customer has to say. Because a lot of your sales opportunities will come from the words out of the mouth of a customer um, that have nothing to do with why they're there. You know, they might say, oh, you know, I had to pay rent this month and this and that. And immediately, the fact that they told you that they have to pay rent, I go, well, why are you renting and how come you're not buying your house? There's a sales opportunity right there. I listen for clues. I see what's going on and I try to make a difference. And the Notorious Banker Project has been successful to the tune of almost $3 million recovered um, from big banks um, with a lot of hard work. I work 14, 16-hour days. I make very little money. I rely on contributions. By the way, Venmo and Cash App, The Notorious Banker, or patreon.com slash notorious banker subscribe to my project allow me to continue to help people uh, fight back against big banks i'm doing this podcast as a one segment podcast because of um a person i talked to this morning and a person that it seems like i know a lot about over the course of the last two days uh, without ever officially meeting this person um we're going to talk about caroline's um incident and situation with bank of america and zell now you if you've listened to this podcast you have heard a million zell podcasts already about how zell is evil how it impacts a lot of people particularly a lot of lower income people as well and because it's considered a quote third party site even though the banks own it big banks do not refund you Heck, my aunt's girlfriend got $1,100 scammed from Zelle, using Zelle at Wells Fargo earlier this year. She got her money back, but it was a hell of a fight. This is um, a scourge. You know, people are taking notice. Congressmen, senators are talking about Zelle and the lack of protection. There's going to be hearings apparently this fall. My intention is to be a part of those in some way, in some form. And if by doing the grunt work of helping people is going to be my way of getting it done, then I'm going to do it. I have advocated for a hard opt-out for people to use Zelle. What that means is if you choose, hey, I don't want to use Zelle ever, there's a piece of paper that you sign that the banks keep on file that will prevent you from using Zelle and prevent scammers from using you to use Zelle to scam you. I'm advocating for that. I want them to call it the James Baca rule. I want to make sure that people are protected because if you put that opt-out into a lot of customers' accounts, I guarantee you banks would save billions of dollars in fraud losses. Billions of dollars. They would they would get to keep that money because they wouldn't have to pay back customers that they end up refunding if they ever refund them at all. So um, I'm really advocating for that. I really think that's the way to go. I wish Zelle would go away forever, but I know that's probably not going to be the case. Because even my local credit unions are advertising that they have Zelle now, which is kind of a bummer. Because big banks are forcing their product in little banks' throats and basically making them use it against their wishes. 
But after this brief break, I want to talk to you about Caroline Story, a makeup artist, one who works with a lot of people in the professional wrestling industry, an industry that I have loved since I was four years old. That's 35 years, my friends. I have admired a lot of these wrestlers because a lot of my... A lot of my fervor, a lot of my words, a lot of the way that I present myself is based on the fact that these professional wrestlers are so great at what they call getting themselves over, which means getting themselves known and popular. Um, frankly, I, I admire the craft, and they have inspired me to do this project, and I'm going to use all of my banking skills to help people based on the fact that I taught myself how to be this bold, loud character just like a professional wrestler was. But this professional wrestling makeup artist got scammed of $20,000 using Zelle out of her Bank of America account. I'm going to share with you what she talked about it in her GoFundMe story. And I'm also going to discuss what went down, what needs to be fixed, and what her plans are right after this. So please stick around. Hey everyone, it's James Baca, known professionally as the Notorious Banker, inviting you to buy my latest book, High Risk Transaction, The Ryan Coogler Bank of America Incident. It's available now on Amazon in Kindle and paperback format. This book discusses the January 7, 2022 incident at the Tony Buckhead District of Atlanta, Georgia's Bank of America branch. Ryan Coogler, acclaimed director of Black Panther and Creed, goes in to take $12,000 cash out to pay an employee of his. Why does one hour later he ends up in handcuffs, suspected of attempting to rob the very bank he stood in line for to get money out? High Risk Transaction discusses all the possible scenarios that could have happened the way that they happened in order for Ryan Coogler to be in the back of a police car. It was ridiculous when it happened and I want to kind of just break down what went wrong and why things like that should not happen inside a billion dollar bank. Know from a 13 year former manager of Bank of America like myself and commentator about why banks are getting worse and worse by the day that there was a lot more going on than meets the eye with this particular case so please go to kuglerbofabook.com it'll route you to the amazon link where you can buy high risk transaction the ryan kugler bank of america incident available on paperback and kindle format for as little as eight dollars and 99 cents and i promise you a healthy portion of the proceeds will go to help people in need as you know, the Notorious Banker is notorious, pun intended, for giving back to his community, whether it's through donations to food pantries or homeless shelters. The Notorious Banker realizes the scope of this incident and the fact that this book might be a little bit more successful than my previous ventures, so I promise you that a good chunk of proceeds will go to help people in need. So go to www.kuglerbofabook.com and purchase High Risk Transaction, the Ryan Kugler Bank of America incident, available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback format, and we could talk about what went on with this crazy story together. Thank you. All right, and I'm back with more Notorious Banker. By the way, if you hear a whirring in the background, that's my little table fan. It is freaking hot in the Notorious Banker office right now. Um, funny enough, the person that I'm talking about, Caroline, lives in Florida where you know the humidity just is just oppressive as hell. We don't get humidity in New Mexico very often. It's a dry heat is what people say. Well, we got a little bit of rain yesterday, and it's a lot humid outside, which means it's a lot humid in my house. 
have a nice air conditioner, but it doesn't get us all the way there. So I am sweating, but I am sweating because I want to tell you this story about Caroline. And she is worth every drip of sweat, trust me, because it is a ridiculous thing that happened to her. And it's even more ridiculous what Bank of America is not doing for her. So, um, of course, as you know, the Notorious Banker, I search Bank of America, I search Wells Fargo, Chase, every hour on the hour on Twitter. I always like to, to talk to people about stuff that happens with them at big banks, because a lot of these things can be fixed as long as they understand one thing, that the person that's generally in front of them is not there to help them. That person is there to sell them stuff, okay? So a lot of times, whenever someone has a customer service incident at a big bank and they want to talk about it on social media, I break down their scenario from a managerial perspective because I was a manager at a bank. I tell them what happened, why it happened, and how to make sure it doesn't happen to them again. I want to hold customer service reps accountable for what they do, and that's why the Notorious Banker project exists you know because i want to make sure that people get clarity about what's going on with big banks but of course you know with zell and everything everything is such a gray area there's a lot of mystery surrounding zell of course zell is owned by early warning services llc which is a company that is owned by bank of america chase and other big banks so all the big banks own this company that is being used to commit fraud on the average american citizen and frankly it sucks it is it is a toxic part of online banking one that needs to go away but one that needs to be regulated so let's talk about caroline van hastert she is an amazing person i talked to her this morning on the phone um you know seven o'clock in the morning i was headed out to the grocery store i was gonna go buy some groceries and get some starbucks coffee for me and my wife and i saw this um phone number and it was from an area code that is close to where she lives and i'm like well, could this be could this be her? <laughs> so I, I googled the number on my other phone and I saw that hey it was her and I had a pretty good conversation lasting almost an hour. Um Caroline is a victim of fraud. Caroline had money stolen from her account and she's frustrated. She didn't know what to do. I first got wind of what's going on with Caroline from the pro wrestler sports entertainer as wwe a rival company calls it gail kim irvine um the wife of robert irvine restaurant impossible host one of my favorite shows on tv and gail kim has been honestly one of the best um, wrestlers male or female in the industry for the better part of a decade you know she has made her mark in a couple of different wrestling organizations and she is well known hundreds of thousands of followers she retweeted a gofundme page for Caroline, and the the title of the GoFundMe page is "Wiped Clean from a Bank of America Zelle Scam." And um, a lot of you who listen to this podcast know that I'm not the hugest fan of GoFundMe. I really think GoFundMe's are kind of used as a as an electronic um, handout type of thing, you know, where basically it's like, yeah, something bad happened to me, give me money. I I know that that's not always the case. But I really think that people use it too much. I grew up in a very small town in New Mexico. And I swear to you, every time I hear someone dies in my town, I see a GoFundMe within two hours. And I'm like, dude, save 20 bucks here or there for your funeral. I'm 39 years old and I want to save for my funeral too. Although I hope it's like 100 years away, okay? And I, I really think GoFundMe is just used as a crutch because I think people's spending habits um, need to be called into question whenever they're trying to live life pay their bills and stuff 
But of course, with someone like Caroline, who got all of her money taken from her out of her Bank of America account, I understand why she did a GoFundMe. She did it because, you know what, how is she going to live life? How is she going to eat? How is she going to pay the bills? How is she going to do the things that we all take for granted every single day? And this is a person who, who works hard at her job, who nothing was given to her. She has networked for the better part of a decade plus in her industry, which is being a makeup artist. And she's made connections, and, and in turn, she's made a lot of friends. So I'm going to read to you uh, Caroline's GoFundMe here. And it says, hi, my name is Caroline, and I style and create the hair and makeup for the wrestlers of Impact Wrestling. Sadly, I am one of the customers affected by the Bank of America and Zell scam. In less than a 12-hour period, over 13 Zell transfers to three separate names were cleared by B of A. Not once did B of A text, call, or email me about the multiple transfers that ranged from the hundreds to thousands to determine whether the transfers were legitimately authorized by me. One amount was for over $9,000. When I contacted Bank of America, the BOA representative informed me that their number had been, quote, spoofed, and that the fraudulent charges were scams, and in their words, not fraud. And that wording that B of A gave to her pisses me off, and I'll get to that in a second. This started when Bank of America called me two weeks ago to inform me about fraudulent activity. So, you know, it goes on and on. It says the agent used terminology and phrases as though he had been a bank employee. She's referring to the scammer here. Because it was the same phone number I, I have as B of A, I believe and trusted that the agent was looking out for my money. I have done everything I possibly could do, including filing police reports and physically going into a B of A branch. The B of A representatives have repeatedly told me that my funds are probably never going to be retrieved. In the meantime, B of A will not give me credit or any type of financial help to help me survive. B of A only opened up a claim. As I wait, I am left with around $1,000 to my name, for which I need to pay rent and other bills, as well as feed my two dogs. One of my dogs has a medical con condition that requires bi-weekly vet visits to drain fluid and blood from one of her ears. I'm desperate and asking for help. I thank you in advance and for all of your love and support. So it's telling, you know, I know her life story in this post because I went through it as a bank manager myself. Hey, um, this money got taken from me using Zelle and I've never, I've never seen these names before. I don't know where they went. And a lot of cases, a lot of people never use Zelle. By setting up online banking with Bank of America and, and, and Caroline's been a customer of B of A for 25 years. So having a 25-year relationship with the bank tells me that she's had online banking probably for a long time. What happens is whenever you have online banking for a long time and then Zelle gets introduced in 2017, basically what happens is Bank of America just says that you agree to terms with Zelle, that you agree that this service is going to be on your phone and it could be used to send money out of your account and send money to you. The problem is if she doesn't use Zelle, and I didn't ask her if she used Zelle or not, it's her business, but if she uses Zelle and she sends it to, let's say, her friend you know, across town, then it's fine. But at the same time, if a scammer finds a way to break into her online banking, sets up some phony names, and then starts using her to transfer money to those phony names, then guess what? Bank of America thinks she's just as guilty because, hey, you sent some money to your friend the other day, so you know how Zelle works, so you should have been more aware. And just to let you know that Zelle is a third-party company... And we're not responsible for any losses incurred in Zelle, even though Zelle is owned by Bank of America, right? So she learned really quickly that B of A was not going to give her provisional credit, temporary credit on her claim, because frankly, it was a lot of money. It was, you know, $20,000. 
and um, Bank of America is just not going to give you a free $20,000 while they investigate, especially if what's in your account is less than what was stolen. So if you have you know $12,000 and they stole 10 and you have two left, they're not going to give you 10 back because if they decline your claim, you don't have 10 to give back, especially if you spent that money. So you're 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 gonna owe the bank money at that point. So Bank of America a couple of years ago said, "Yeah, we're not giving provisional credit on these things," you know. And the the Bank of America agent said, "We'll file a claim. It could take 45 to 90 days. That's what they tell you, because electronic claims are supposed to be resolved in 45 days. So after day 46, they could just tell you, "Yeah, no, it's denied. And oh yeah, we don't have any more time to investigate." We followed the rules and we used every single possible day to investigate. Um, so we declined your transaction. There's no way to appeal. That's how the bank scams you. That's how the bank steals your money um, by not paying your claim whenever fraud happens to you. And it sucks. You know, a lot of people don't know the Reg E claims, the electronic fraud claims claim um, law that was passed 20 years ago. The problem with these federal laws is they were created before Zelle was a thing, before Venmo was a thing, before Cash App was a thing. These rules for electronic banking were created in what's considered the stone age of online banking, which was 15 to 20 years ago. I started working at Bank of America 17 years ago, and online banking is a million times different now than it was then because we didn't even have smartphones in 2005. So these rules that were passed by the federal government, all the, you know, the Treasury, all these things, the FDIC, all these places that are created to protect you, the bank customer. All these laws were written a generation ago to where it doesn't really translate into today's banking era. So, you know, seeing this and seeing that she put a $20,000 goal, she's at $4,300, and there are some name wrestlers that have um, donated to her, including... Um, Gail Kim, who donated $400, and Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. Cody, a.k.a. Cody Runnels, who donated $500. And that's the most that anyone has donated for her. And um, from what I understand, she doesn't even know Cody, and Cody donated that money anyway, which speaks to you a lot about the friends that Caroline keeps. I told her this personally. I said... The fact that so many professional wrestlers are going to bat for you for what happened to you tells me that you've made a connection with them. I said that tells me that the work that you do is not going unnoticed. And people remember whenever someone does a good job. People remember when you treat them right. It doesn't matter what field that you're in. There's a reason why when I worked at Bank of America, I had I, I would log into my computer and I would say, James, you have 11 appointments. Um, I'm like, 11? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, they're all for you. They all wanted to see you. And it's not because I was like, you know, helping them steal money from the bank or something. It's because I was a nice guy. I wanted to help. I was friendly. I was easy to talk to. I made it not feel like going to the dentist whenever you went to the bank. So understanding that she's made connections and she's made friends over the course of a decade plus of work in the professional wrestling industry, among other industries that she works with as a makeup artist, tells me one thing. She is a good person, okay? So I, I feel comfortable amplifying this GoFundMe account and say, hey, if you want to donate five bucks to her, by all means do so because, you know what, good people uh, deserve help whenever they need help. 
That being said, as much as I want her to, to get help with GoFundMe, she shouldn't have to resort to GoFundMe to, to pay her bills, to help her dog with the dog's medical issue. The bank should be able to get her her money back. Now, there's the thing with big banks and zero liability guarantee. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but um, a lot of the times it's on your debit or credit card. And basically it says, if you see a transaction that you're not familiar with, we'll take care of it for you. There's zero dollars liability that we guarantee whenever some fraud happens to you. The problem is, that's with your debit and credit card. Whenever it's ACH, whenever it's check fraud, or in this case, whenever it's Zell fraud, that zero dollar liability guarantee doesn't really apply. It's a loophole in the rules that banks use to weasel their way out of paying you back the money. It sucks, but it's the reality that we live in in banking. And this is why I am calling for drastic changes with Zell. So, um, you know, I the reason why I found her was because I saw Gail Kim, Jordan Grace, Angelina Love, Eric Young, one of the, the bigger male um, superstars of Impact Wrestling over the course of its 20-year history. And um, although I'm not the hugest fan of Impact Wrestling, I am familiar with Eric Young's work. He is an amazing wrestler. And um, what can I say? Whenever people just retweet a GoFundMe like that, they don't just retweet anyone's GoFundMe. They retweet people that they know and they know deserve the help. So seeing the retweets of this on, on Twitter, I'm like, something's going on here. And I reached out to Eric Young. I said, hey, this is, this is crazy what happened. This is what I do. I'm a consumer advocate. This is what Caroline should do. So... You know, he liked my post. And, you know, of course, you get traction. You get people who look at your social media page whenever, um, you know, a famous person looks at your post. So I was really, really excited about that. Um, you know, I'm not starstruck by any means. But what I'm getting at is these are people with hundreds of thousands of followers. These are people who, who are influencers by everything that they say. So whether or not they want to be role models, whether or not they want to be people who break the news, anytime they tweet something, hundreds of thousands of people and their eyeballs are looking at that tweet. So the fact that Gail, Eric Young, Jordan Grace, Angelina Love, and the rest of them were basically posting, hey, this, this lady needs help and she's a good person, you should help her, and then they also contribute to her GoFundMe, that tells you a lot about her. And it's just amazing. And as I mentioned earlier, the pro wrestling element of it is just in my wheelhouse. I am a huge pro wrestling fan. I have been a pro wrestling fan since I was four years old. I have been to hundreds of pro wrestling events over the years, including one just a couple of uh, weeks ago. And I went to SummerSlam WWE in Las Vegas last August. So there's a lot of stuff that I know about the professional wrestling industry and about the the camaraderie, the friendships that you make while you're all traveling from town to town, city to city, trying to to get yourself over, to get yourself popular, and also to try to, to hone your craft to become the best wrestler that you can be. I always found it so interesting. I always said, and I've said this in previous podcasts, that the banking industry and pro wrestling industry are a lot alike in so many ways. And one of the things is, I know people who work at Wells Fargo and Chase by name, even though I've never met them. You know, I would I would help someone at the bank and said, "Yeah, I talked to David at Wells Fargo over there." 
and immediately I go, oh yeah, David, he's that guy that everyone talks about before. Oh yeah, he's, I've heard from people he's really nice. And I legitimately meant that. Like everyone knows someone through two degrees of separation. And I think that's really cool. So whenever you have um, someone who works at Impact Wrestling, maybe they worked in Mexico and they met this other wrestler, and then that wrestler met someone in Japan and so on and so forth, all of a sudden you have this little spider web full of connections where you're only you know, two steps away from The Rock. You're only two steps away from Jeff Jarrett. You're only two steps away from Ric Flair. And by, by proxy, all these people that you meet over the days, weeks, months, and years know other people and that's how you have a network of friends colleagues and contemporaries who want to help you and i think that's the coolest thing about her is she has a pretty strong group of friends that are going to amplify her need to get some help and she's going to get help from people and i pray that she gets help from bank of america as well but like i said bank of america should be the one to refund her the money and she shouldn't have to resort to GoFundMe to pay her bills whenever she's the victim of a crime. So here's the thing, and I've talked about this a million times. She filed a police report. We have done many, many stories about, hey, the bank tells you to file a police report. You file a police report stating someone stole money from you, and they still deny your claim. So to me, and I talked about this in the last podcast with the New York Times article from Stacey Cowley and Lenon Wynn about Zell fraud, that just literally happened last week. Whenever you file a police report stating this happened and the bank denies you, they're de facto implying that you lied on your police report, which is in fact a crime in a lot of states. It's a misdemeanor in some places, it's a felony. So basically the bank denying your claim is saying you're a criminal because you lied to the cops about getting ripped off. You didn't get ripped off. And um, the language that Caroline used, she used scam. I don't like the word scam because scam implies that you were a willing participant until it was too late. No, she was a victim of fraud. Okay, the person who called her was a fraudulent Bank of America employee who used a spoof number, who used Bank of America's number to rip her off. That's a fraud. A scam implies that, you know, it was a Bank of America employee, like a legit one, and said, hey, I got I got a good business opportunity for you. Let me, you know, send $500 my way and, you know, we'll get you $10,000 back. That's a scam. Fraud is a victim, a victimization, victimization, excuse me, of someone's bank account, of someone's money. It's theft. It's a felony. People who get caught doing this shit, excuse my language, should be in prison for five to ten years. It's 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 frustrating. So I told her, I said, use the word fraud, not scam. Fraud is important because fraud implies that a crime was committed on you, which it was. And it totally was one hundred percent. And 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 it's it's you have to emphasize that to the bank. Saying, well, you're implying that I, I am concocting some sort of scheme here. Why do you think that? What, and, and, you know, she's been a customer for 25 years. I've always told you, if you're a customer for more than five years at a bank, you don't have any new accounts, you don't have any need to buy a home or a new car or open up another checking account or credit card, I have no use for you as a salesperson. Because you're really just sitting in my office wasting my time because I'm not getting anything from you. And the only reason that I exist inside a bank branch is to sell you stuff. Not to help you. I'm there to sell you stuff. And as much as it sucks, 
I really want people to understand that about bankers. They don't that doesn't make them bad people. It just literally makes them focused on one thing. The same way that they always say men are obsessed with sex, well bankers are obsessed with sales because frankly they have to get sales or they're going to get fired. And and I was successful at what I did because I had to be. If I didn't have to oversell customers when I worked at Bank of America, I never would have done it. So she wasn't getting the help that she needed, and it's a dead end. Um, she's got a lot going on. I have been in conversation with her uh, this morning. It was a good, long conversation, almost an hour long. And it's important to, to have these conversations because I needed her to understand a couple of things. And I sent her an email blindly. I found her email um, address online. You know, she's a public figure technically because she works with a lot of famous people and she has a business. So I said, this is me. I'm James Baca. This is who I am. This is what I do. I said, I want you to understand that I'm writing you because I think I can help you. And, you know, I don't want to mention everything that I said in the email. But long story short, I said, look, I know it's kind of weird that some, some random dude just wrote you and said, hey, I can help. But believe me, look at my work. Here's my Twitter. Here's my TikTok. Here's all my social medias. Here's some articles about what happened. I can tell you one thing. There's certain things that you got to say. There's certain things you got to do in order to be heard. And I can help you with that. And sure enough, I got a call from her. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. To have um, someone trust you blindly is... It's a scary thing. But I'm, I'm glad that she did. Because I'm going to make it worth her while. I'm going to make sure that I amplify the hell out of her GoFundMe and amplify the hell out of her story until Bank of America does something and helps her. You know, everything that I've learned and that little statement that I just made right there, the bravado, the confidence, all came from pro wrestling. Okay, pro wrestlers have to memorize a script for most of the organizations. Some places let you kind of freestyle. But a lot of people... They they have scripted what they call promos where they talk in the ring and say, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to beat you one, two, three in the middle of the ring. I'm going to walk out of here the champion. And all these idiot fans here are going to bow down to the notorious banker James Baca. That kind of bravado works. It gets people's attention. If I talk nerdy, if I talk like a normal banker, you know, hey there, welcome to Bank of America. My name is James. How can I provide you with excellence today? That stuff is boring, man. No one would listen to a podcast with a boring person talking about bank procedure and policy. No, I am the antithesis of that. I am someone who needs to speak loudly because that's the only way people are going to listen about this fraudulent BS that happens for millions upon millions of customers across all banks, not just Bank of America, to the tune of billions of dollars in fraud. Every single year through Zelle, a, a sponsored company by a big bank that is there to be exploited by the criminals of this world. You know, um, I don't know if a lot of you listeners have any foreign friends or just people that you know from another country. And maybe that they're from a country where they send money back home, like Mexico. Um, I have a lot of family and friends that send money to Mexico for their family members there. And um, they used Western Union and MoneyGram back in the 90s and the 2000s. And Western Union and MoneyGram have a lot of scams going on. Well, you don't really hear about Western Union and MoneyGram anymore because Zelle has taken over that space in, in droves. Zelle has become the number one preferred brand. Sounds like a toothpaste, right? This is the number one preferred brand of dentists worldwide. 
This is the number one preferred brand of scamming people that crooks use. Zelle. Z-E-L-L-E. Because a couple of things, and I've demonstrated before, how you can enter anyone's phone number. You can pick anyone's random phone number from the phone book, if you can find a phone book. And you can see, do they have Zelle? You can add the number to your contacts in your iPhone and say, hey, does Joe Smith have Zelle? He does. And then you call Joe Smith. Hello, Mr. Smith. This is James Baca calling from Zelle. I just want to let you know that we, we've noticed some potential fraud going on in your Zelle account. Um, I'm going to walk you through the steps to make sure that um, no one steals any money from you. So there's a couple of prompts that you're going to get uh, from the bank, and this is what you need to do. And then 10 minutes later, I scammed the hell out of that person out of thousands of dollars. That's how easy it is to commit a crime. And I just showed you, I, I, I mentioned to you over this podcast, and show you, because I'm not recording any video, James. Um, I described to you how easy it is to steal money through Zelle. I don't do it. I am a straight person, man. I, I, am, I am for the customer. I am for the people. That being said, considering how easy it is to scam money through Zelle, if I wanted to become a millionaire scamming people, I easily could because guess what? I know the big banks are not going to defend their customers. And that's a shitty proposition. Thank goodness I'm on the good side of things here. And thank goodness I'm here to help people. I'm here to help people fight back against big banks that really don't give a damn about them. Look, there's there's so much going on here. And, um, you know, I don't want to share too much into Caroline's work schedule, but... She's going to work this weekend, and she's going to meet so many people with millions of followers in her line of work. People who trust who trust her with their appearance. You know, the thing with um, the Impact pro wrestlers, and just any pro wrestlers in general, uh, you know, they used to call the, the females the knockouts, if I'm not mistaken. All these women are, are beautiful. All these women are athletic. They are just amazing you know, specimens of the human species, if you if you can um, say it that way. And even the dudes, I used to lift weights. I'm I'm a six two, three hundred pound guy. I lifted weights five days a week. I only do it a couple of days a week now because I wanted to be big and massive and bulky, like my pro wrestling heroes. And those guys look amazing too. You can ask my wife. Whenever I see a big dude walking down the aisle of Impact Wrestling, WWE, AEW, whatever. I see them and I see their their traps and their biceps and their abs and their you know big calves. I'm like, damn it, I want to look like that. I'm 40 years old. This dude is probably 40 as well. I can look like that with a lot of hard work. I envy these people, okay? I, I really do because they're popular and they look good. They they know how to they know how to work a crowd. And they're successful. A lot of them make a good amount of money doing what they do. But what I'm getting at is you know, a lot of these people that you know, Caroline works with, with as a makeup artist, you know, as someone who styles them, hair and makeup, you know, for Impact Wrestling, these beautiful people that are walking down the aisle, they trust this woman to make them look even more beautiful. You know, and, and that's an amazing thing. This is someone with a gift, someone with a talent, someone who worked hard to get where they're at, to be able to make beautiful people even more beautiful as they walk down the aisle and cut a, a fierce promo on their wrestling rival on a nationally um, shown television wrestling show. You know, you may not ever hear her name, you know, being said in the middle of the squared circle, but she's just as important 
to the pro wrestling industry as the person who rings the bell, to the person who calls it on TV, to the person who sets up the barricades around the front row, to the person who ties the turnbuckles to the ring, and to the person who um, puts all that stuff away whenever the wrestling show is over. You know, I always say people who sell popcorn at a sporting event are just as important as the referees on the field because the experience of going to a pro wrestling event should not be a burden. Uh, going to a sporting event should not be a burden. If everyone works in harmony together, you're going to see an amazing product out there. So Caroline does her job and styles these beautiful people as they walk down the aisle. They're going to feel better. They're going to work better. And you're going to get a better product than the wrestling ring. So you know what? Caroline's the Ric Flair of makeup artists, <laughs> the hairstylist, uh, the Hulk Hogan, if you will. This is a person that is important to the role that she does within this particular industry. And yes, she does work with other industries as well. But the fact that her pro wrestling colleagues and friends have decided um, to help her out tells me one thing, that she's made an impact, no pun intended, on them. And I think that's really important. So in the coming days, um, my vigilante customer service, my customer service strategy has kind of guided um, Caroline to basically discuss her situation with local media, possibly even national media, to have her pro wrestling friends amplify it on social media. So you're going to see a lot of retweets about um, Caroline from me in the coming days because they need to be done, okay? And I really, really do believe that she's going to get her money back. Bank of America, they just cower like a scared little puppy whenever they get questioned on why they let fraud to happen under their nose. I always tell people it's almost kind of like a lottery. If you can get on TV and say, hey, I got ripped off Bank of America, Bank of America in two seconds is going to fix it because Bank of America knows that if they just let this story linger and linger and linger, they can lose millions of dollars by having hundreds of customers, if not thousands of customers, leave Bank of America because they go like, hey, well, um, crime is committed on your customer and you just let it happen? Shame on you, Bank of America. They have 67 million customers, but they care about every penny. I got fired for $4.95, guys. They care about every penny. They don't want to give Caroline her $20,000 back. You know why they don't want to give it back to her? That's $20,000 less that they're going to say that they made in profits. But you know what? You do the right thing whenever something happens. She was the victim of a tool that Bank of America put on her mobile banking app against her wishes and against her desire to want to use it. So I told you, I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, I am advocating for a hard opt-out of Zelle, meaning that if you're a customer at a big bank, whenever you open an account or whenever you service an account, a banker will read a statement, which essentially says, um, since you are a Bank of America customer, you do have access to the Zelle's money transfer service. Um, do you intend on using this service, yes or no? And if you say no, then there's going to be a piece of paper called an opt-out, which opts you out of being able to send and receive money from Zelle using the contact information they have on file for you, which is your phone number and email address. You sign that piece of paper or you do it digitally or whatever. They scan that document in along with your paperwork, your signature cards, and they have it on file that you have totally blanketed, blanketed not authorized any Zelle transactions on your behalf. So if someone tries to do it, you get a red flag alert and they try to investigate where that came from. I think that's going to be the way to do it going forward. 
I'm going to work really hard to get known uh, by Congress people and senators to make sure that this um, opt-out does happen in the coming days, weeks, months, and years with big banks. I really think it's going to help big banks, to be frank with you. It'll save them hundreds of millions of dollars in both, um, you know, manpower when it comes to working on fraud claims and not to mention the savings of having to remit fraud claims whenever they find in the favor of their customers and they have to pay that out of pocket. It would save them hundreds of millions of dollars, save them a lot of time, and frankly, they can cut jobs at the fraud department at that point because there's going to be less and less fraud going on at big banks. I'm really hoping for that. I really plan on writing a book and drafting up um, a proposal of what should happen, and I really think it would be beneficial to a lot of people if that were to happen. But in the meantime, give Caroline your love and support. I'm going to link to her GoFundMe in the show notes. Send $5 her way. You know, make a difference. Because, you know, for the greater good, James Baca, a.k.a. the Notorious Banker, is going to continue to amplify these stories because it's really important to do so. Okay, she's not special because she works with a bunch of pro wrestlers. She's not special because of the type of work that she's in. She is a special person because she's a hard worker. She told me on the phone she works for her money. She doesn't like handouts. But the simple fact that the bank is not giving her a helping hand whenever it promised to take care of her money whenever she opened the account, that's a different story. Then you know what? You could ask for a helping hand saying, um, yeah, a company that's worth $400 billion doesn't want to front me the $20,000 that was stolen because of the the apathy that Bank of America's fraud department has. Well, that pretty much tells you all you need to know about Bank of America. My friend, you're going to get your money back, and I promise you one thing. The notorious banker, James Baca, my little social media footprint that's, a, you know, thousands of people see it's not millions like cody Rhodes. it's not you know hundreds of thousands like gail kim but the people that follow me understand why i do what i do reporters former victims of zell people who understand that the work ethic of yours truly is unmatched when it comes to this industry this podcast the conversation that we had um the amplifying any tweets on your behalf on social media I'm going to help you get that money back, so help me God. Guys, my name is James Baca, known professionally as the Notorious Banker. You can find me on social media at Notorious Banker on TikTok, at Bank Better Guy on Twitter, and at Notorious Banker on Instagram. You can go to www.thenotoriousbanker.com for information about my last two books, and you can also reach all my social medias and YouTube channel through there. You can contribute to the Notorious Banker podcast by sending me Venmo or Cash App. And yes, I do trust those better than Zell. The Notorious Banker, all one word, on both Cash App and Venmo. You can send a contribution to help me keep the lights on as the Notorious Banker. Or you can subscribe monthly to Patreon by going to patreon.com slash notoriousbanker. Donate a dollar a month. That dollar is going to go to continue to fund this project, which allows me to fight back against big banks on behalf of people who are victimized every single day um, from big banks and by crooks, to be frank with you. I work hard for what I do. I'm successful at what I do. There is no person in the banking industry that can tell me that you don't do a good job. I work harder than them uh, to make sure that customer service is done right by these people. If I can help this woman, this amazing person, get her money back and get her message out there, which in turn helps me because I've been talking about this for the better part of four years now, 
um, it's a win-win situation for us all. As um, Ric Flair, the 16-time pro wrestling champion, once said, and I always take this to heart, to be the man, you got to beat the man. The man is Bank of America. I'm going to be the man. We're going to beat Bank of America. And we're going to succeed in showing people what a fraud Zell is, what a fraud Bank of America's fraud department is. And as Hulk Hogan, multiple-time world champion, would say, what you going to do when the notorious banker James Baca and his vigilante customer service and social media network run wild on you? Guys, thank you so very much for listening to my podcast. Send good vibes. Send five bucks to Caroline. And you know what? We're going to get this money back. We're going to get this money back. So until we meet again, my friends, till the next podcast or as breaking news warrants, my name is James Baca, also known as the Notorious Banker, and you have yourself a great day, brother.